I'm Tommy Beardmore. I'm Adam DiCarlo. And welcome to Before the Break, a podcast for actors by actors. Brought to you by Book It. And you can curse, Robin, by all means. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all righty. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Before the Break. This week, we're just going to jump right on in. Uh, this week, we are joined by a very special guest. You've seen him in such films as Accepted, Would You Rather, and John Wick 3. On TV, he's appeared on Law & Order, The Walking Dead, You, Gotham, and the upcoming AMC series, Kevin Can Fuck Himself. Please welcome the incredibly kind and talented Robin Lord-Taylor. Hi, guys. What's up? Hi, Hi Robin. Robin. Thanks for being here. First of all, you didn't, did we put, did I hear skeletons in there? Did that, did that come up <laughs> in that list there? Um, we may, Adam's I'm, very I'm humble. Jumping right to the end. You've but, heard, you've, you know. you've seen him in skeletons and, um, and that just mentioned uh, like lost any, any, yeah, lost, lost and found are Maybe the two the projects, projects that he's most known together. for. <laughs> yeah. I know, anyway. I know, I know. We'll get to that later when, when, <laughs> yeah. the, plug, when the plugs happen. Right, yes. exactly. Welcome, Robin. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm amazing. It's, I mean, you know, after this fucking year, like, I mean, I don't know, you guys, you, uh, well, actually, no, Tommy, you used to live in New York, yes? I moved January, late January, crazy. For anyone moving, it's it's like, exactly, I was just test- texting my buddy Rodney, who can't make it to, like, uh, one of our like um, engagement parties because we know that half of the people aren't going to be able to make it. And I'm like, I'm so sorry for leaving New York because anybody, anything during COVID, there was no goodbyes. There was no salutation. See you later. Like one last place at the one last dinner at the pizza place or like whatever. It was just like later. Um, it was yeah. so sad to, to move, but I'm so happy in LA. It's, it's wonderful. Um, Are you, you're in New York. Right I'm now, in right? New York. I'm in New York. This is my tw- uh, tw- it about to be 21st year in New York City, um, which is very exciting. Um, and I, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, Adam, you're here. You're in New York. I mean, sure, you see that just the city is coming back to life in the most glorious oh, way. Yeah. And I was like, I, you know, I saw you know, friends this weekend and went yeah. out to restaurants. <laughs> like, Same. Really and you're just like, oh, we're back. Feels like yeah, but back. it was also like I was saying to my husband, Dickie, I was just like, you know, there's a tangible sense of happiness and positivity in the city right now, which is just so beautiful. Like it just really, you know, it's just amazing. Everyone is just so like excited to see each other. It's, it's I think really it's exciting. it's because we are all connected globally in the one the one thing that's been on our minds as a as a as a population, the one thing, almost like war, you know, where at the end of it, everybody is in the same page. We want the same things. We experience the same things. Now we're getting to experience this freeing feeling of having a fucking cup of coffee while I walk the dog outside. <laughs> Absolutely. Than- no, and we were saying too, we were saying too, just like, just seeing strangers' faces. Like right. just, yeah. just see, like just seeing the full face, you know, and again, just since this is about what we do for a living, I mean, it's just, I felt so cut off 
from everyone. And like, also yeah. it's hard to be really as an actor, it's hard for me at least to be very ins- inspired when I'm not out in it and seeing just people interacting and doing their thing. I mean, it's like, it, you know, New York is my inspiration as an actor, like being in this city and seeing people and just, you know, being part of this community is, you know, such a huge part of, of, you know, my craft. And so like, you know, again, it was just like this week, it was just, it, you know, it's emotional because it's like, Oh God, I missed this. I miss this so much. I didn't know I missed it as much as I did. So anyway, maybe we needed something like this to just remind ourselves just how wonderful it is to connect with people and to, be able to just walk outside or go someplace or just to be grateful to be going to a restaurant. When have we ever been grateful to just go to a restaurant? You know, those little things that have to come out of something that we were um, kept from. For totally. And there's so many connections here too, in the sense of like in, in like in, in our industry, for example, it's like, you know, shitty behavior isn't tolerated the way it has been for many long, far too many years. And I think like part of also just getting back into the community, it's like taught us that like being kind and being present and being there with people, you know, as, as much as you can, it's just so, so important. It's another lesson that I think we're all learning to, but anyway. Well said. So Robin, thank you so much for joining us today. We um, are going to get so much from this, but let's start at the beginning. You're a Midwest guy. You were born, I believe, Iowa, right? Yep. Yep, born okay. and raised in uh, in Iowa, Eastern Iowa. Uh, yeah, went went to grew up in a well, grew up outside of the town in the in the country, uh, but went to a very small. Uh, high, went to high school in a very small town. I think our graduating class had less than eighty people. Same, and, uh, same. And, and, and it was Robin. It, it was actually less. It was fifty. It was fifty-two. Holy moly! Where was that? Yeah. Uh, Lafayette, Indiana. Oh yeah, there. Okay, right. So were you in public, yeah. private school? What was it? Public, public school. Public school. Class yeah. 2A, I think at the time. Uh, you know, it was, you know, very Friday Night Lights, very, very that. <laughs> and did, did Robin <laughs> want to be an actor way, way, way back when? Or was this something kind of after you moved away you wanted to do? Uh, not specifically acting at the beginning. It was just more like I knew that I always, I always liked talking. I, I always like communicating with people and I always liked, you know, connecting with people ever since I was little, you know, like, like I remember, I don't know, I less than 10. I, you know, I was obsessed with answering this is back in the day when, you know, there was the house phone and right. I was obsessed with answering the phone. Like I had and when, when the phone, phone rang and people ran to it. Yes, I, absolutely. When the people with the twirly cord was, on the wall and totally, <laughs> absolutely. You're, you know, yep, absolutely. And so, I would, I would, I was obsessed with answering the phone. And I remember my, my aunt, Georgia, relaying this to my mom and my mom telling me, like, she said something like, you know, when I talk to Robin on the phone, I can hear his smile. She would say like, it's just, and she was just a very beautiful sentiment. And I remember that so clearly. And like, so I think that's kind of what I, you know, and I didn't know if that was going to be an acting thing or if that was just, you know, you know, I didn't know. Um, but, did you know yeah, that but, that was rare? Did you know that that was like kids weren't, I was the same thing. I would, I would see my mother, like my, my aunts and give them kisses on the cheek because like, that's what I want to do. I want to embrace them and, you know, or like answering the phone or being that like very personable, very approachable, even at an early age. Did you see that that was a kind of a rare thing? 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I also, I think I was, my dad was a very, very charming kind of like, not like not schmoozy, but like, you know, like he, he was very charming and knew how to engage. And he had like a twinkle in his eye and he had, he, you could hear his emotion in his voice, even though he was a very mathematical person, he was still a very animated, like character, like just, you know, huh. and so, uh, and a very, and also a very effective communicator. And so I think part of it too, was just like idolizing that in my father and wanting, like being like, Oh, I like, like wanting that, you know, something that I would do, you know, like, yeah. So I don't know. But, and, um, uh, and, yeah. and, and, and how was, how was the environment there uh, knowing that you kind of were sort of figuring your stuff out in high school. And as you were going to college, you did go to college at Northwestern, I believe in the Midwest, Illinois. So how was that kind of when you were still stuck in that town and kind of with aspirations, was it difficult or did they give you the tools to have a proper outlet and to get yourself ready for college? It, it, it was, it was, it was challenging in, in a lot of ways. I mean, we're talking this back in the, in the, early to mid nineties in small town, Iowa, it's a very different time and just a very, um, you know, and again, like I said, it's Friday night lights. It wasn't a very artistic school. Like they didn't have a lot of programs. I mean, we had a theater department. We did two plays a year. Um, I jumped right into that. I, you know, and also like, I, you know, I was, you know, closeted kid in the Midwest. And so like, I was very, I was also very, um, I was, you know, I was afraid for my well-being a lot of times. And so I, I, I knew that like, you know, like I was saying, like as a kid, I had this like, you know, desire to like, you know, like talk and like, you know, connect. Uh, but as I got older, um, and especially as I started to deal with my sexuality internally, I was really, I, 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 I was, I was, I hid, like I was hiding myself for many, for several of those years, just because I was afraid of drawing attention and possibly getting bullied or, or, you know, right. physically harmed, you know, like it wasn't unheard of. So, um, so anyway, so, so I was kind of hiding. And then of course, that's, that's just I first, I, I hate to even like, that's a thing. Like that's a thing that, that w people experienced even in the last 30 years. I mean, cause my, I've got two, three siblings who are in high school or just had gotten out of three siblings under 20. And they say that the things that have changed now, oh my God, we've mentioned this before because of glee and because of social change and because of all these little things that happen where now the environment and the experience of high school, it's almost like when I went to high school, the bullies were the, the, the popular kids. And now it's like, if you were to bully, you'd be like, excuse me, hold on, everybody. Did you just say something against gay people? Like you're just, you would be an outcast, right? And how different that must be for for kids now. You know, 25 years ago, you were afraid to be who you are because of your, for your, for your life. And now it's like, no, you know, you're just yourself. That's just a thing that happens now. Everybody's just themselves and they're celebrated. Totally. And we're, I mean, we're definitely, I mean, we're very far much uh, of course. advanced from when I was there. But to also say that I know that there's still a huge problem, right? You know, as I know, the suicide rates among LGBTQI kids are astronomically high, way too high, just like horrifically high. Um, so, but anyway, like these conversations that we're having right now, I always feel like it's just we're fucking chipping away at that fucking thing. Every time we talk about it, every yeah. time I get to say that I'm 
proud gay man. Right. And I experienced this in my childhood. Like we're just fucking ch- chipping away at that fucking iceberg. It's you know? really, and like, and really it's big. Really, <laughs> it's really fucking big, you know? So, but you know, every like, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. So let, let's, let's go to college. What happened in college? Right. What took you there? What did you do there to get you ready for four years later? Okay. So, well, I, yeah, I mean, I guess I always knew I wanted to go to Northwestern. Like my family, we, you know, we were only about four hours away from Chicago. So we'd go to Chicago all the time. And that's also to say, I'm very fortunate in that, especially as an actor, my parents took me to musicals and plays, You know, they took us to Chicago to see every big thing that came through town. So, you know, like I say, like, oh, a little tiny farm town. But I was very lucky in that my parents really made a point of like, you know, exposing us to theater and to music and to art and all of those amazing things. Amazing. uh, That's great. Yeah. So, but yeah. So since going to Chicago, I remember like one of our very, like, it was like way back in the eighties and I'm a kid and we're all in Chicago and my parents were like, we're going to rent a limousine and we're going to take a little tour up the, the, the um, uh, uh, Michigan Avenue and like, you know, and go all the way up to Evanston and come or whatever. And we were driving up and I remember the, the driver was like, was like, Oh, that's Northwestern. It's a really good school. You really want to go there. And I was like, I'm going to go there. <laughs> I don't know why I was like, I was like, I, I'm going to go there. That limo so, driver is just just hired by Northwestern to just get people into the. Totally. You really want to go there? It's a great school. I got you another yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Right, got you another one. This one's a good Give one. Give me my commission. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's yeah. So anyway, that's totally. So you knew at an early age, you almost were like, okay, that's this is my New York of the Midwest. This is this is a big a big city closest to me. Totally. And I, yeah, and I, always, I always knew that I wanted to move to a big city. Like I know I, I wanted that. I, and I, I knew I was, I always knew from a young age that I was going to live in New York. Like I, you know, my parents brought me here from like my eighth birthday and I was like, I'm going to live there. So it's a very weird thing. Like, I don't know if like, yeah. I, so it was similar to Northwestern. It was like, I, I want to go to that school. And I, you know, I applied early decision and um, uh, Northwestern makes you declare a major when you, when you apply so that they can sort you into the different schools. So like, you know, there's the college of arts and sciences, which is all like the, like English and language and, you know, all that stuff, philosophy, et cetera. And then there's the school of speech, which is a little different at Northwestern. It's like the, the, I, I actually have a bachelor's of science in theater. So I, so Interesting. Because yeah. Cause the school of speech is a science school but that's where the theater department is. So yeah. And so anyway, so I, I, when I was applying, I was like, I don't, I don't know what I want to do, but I'm going to put down theater. We'll see what happens, you know? Cause okay. I, it, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I knew I loved theater. It was really important to me in high school, but you know, also it's like, I coming from Solon, Iowa to Northwestern where, you know, there are kids who go to like LaGuardia and Stuyvesant, you know, right. these big, these big private, uh, these big schools here in New York performing City, arts schools, performing like, arts schools yeah. like, with, with huge budgets for plays and, you know, beyond anything we could have imagined at my high school. So anyway, like part of it too, was just like, I don't know if I'm good enough, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, you know, I would love to, but I don't, yeah, you know, I don't know yet. It was the best, it, again, it was just a, it, it, turned out to be the best decision I ever made. Like I, I landed at Northwestern and the program really suited me. And um, I loved that 
we didn't jump right into an acting class. You wait until sophomore year to start an acting class. And then you keep oh. that class and that teacher, unless something happens and you want to transfer, you, you're, the intention is to keep you in that class with that teacher for the sophomore, junior, senior year until graduation. And so freshman year, because again, it's not a conservatory program. Freshman year is more like, a, you know, it's like teaching you basics. You have like crew requirements that you have to do, um, you know, like performance theory. You know, it's like a lot of like more of the uh, laying the groundwork just, first, laying the groundwork. Yeah. And then you get to build we jump into right. pretty typical. <laughs> like right. right. all, all Got to walk guys. before you can crawl. Right. Totally. Got to crawl and, before um, you walk. <laughs> some, some. gotta vomit before you <laughs> before you digest yeah so so yeah so we so it was great i don't know I, I i loved my i i um transferred into a different i i i had a i was in one class wasn't going quite where i wanted it to just you know and then so i transferred into another class with uh the amazing ann woodworth was my was my teacher Nice. And I, uh, she, she, um, she just, she also, she taught me the discipline of, of acting. And she taught me that yeah. like, you know, I, it's not enough to be the precocious smiley kid who wants to talk on the phone all the time. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not enough. Like there, there's, you can't like, you know, we're all the three of us here, we, you know, put us up against anybody else we're like the schmooziest motherfuckers you can imagine you know like, <laughs> like we know how to like navigate conversations with strangers and like turn it on and just you know schmooze fest 2021 mm. but you know as like what my teacher ann taught me was that's not enough like you can't fake this fucking shit you can't bullshit your way through this who are you fooling and she would be like who are yeah. you are you trying are you fucking with me are you yeah. wasting my are you you know what this me? business is right fabricating authenticity you don't think that we know bullshit <laughs> right yeah totally exactly <laughs> please and like so so and that that was an invaluable an invaluable lesson you know it, it just um just yeah the real the real discipline of of acting what it, you know that it it, it is work it is it, it, it's a it's a it's a pursuit that um you can't fake it and also it's fake <laughs> like you said yeah it's it is totally fake but you have to be as authentically fake as possible <laughs> like what is that that's but the I gag this, i've seen we see a lot of actors come in they're great actors but that's all they are is a great Actor, you have to have something inside that is unique and authentic, no BS, and make somebody like willing to um, want to bring you on. And it's that little like little nugget in there that you have to that has to be in your training. It must be in your training. That thing that you we can't even give it a name because that's we know what it is. I, for me, that's where the art comes in. Like you know, yeah. like this is like I know it sounds pretentious to talk about acting as art, but I believe that when it is connected emotionally and it's not fake, you know what I mean? Like there's when it, when it's touching people in a fundamental way, you know, like that, that again, that's, that's the art. That's the, the way the, you know, what you feel when you hear a song, that's what you feel when you see a beautiful painting, you know, it's that, that's the, that's what we, that's the art that we bring to this, you know, that the actors bring to it emotional truth whether that's mm -hmm. brought upon or whether it's real or whatever it is but if that person experiencing it is is being moved somehow yeah and um and i'm so glad that that she gave you that i mean that is a huge nugget coming 
out of college knowing, oh, it's the, it's not just about how well I can do the scene. It's about how well I can really so know what it. this art is. Well, and really, well, really also just really know who I am, know yeah. who I am, <laughs> like as deep down as like be really as honest and truthful as I possibly, possibly humanly can about who I am as a person and what makes me motive, what motivates me and what I love and what I fucking hate. And like, you know, it's like, it, that was a lot of it too. It's just like, you know, it, it to, to play, to, to bring the, the art into, you know, the, the, the discipline of acting is to really you know it to to bring that into that emotional truth like you, you can't do it unless you do the the work inside unless you really find out who what makes you tick like it's that growth to. and awareness and all that stuff that if i was a stockbroker would i would i have all these like beautiful moments of revelation and truth about myself and character growth and all these things that's why we say what you want, but I call this a very spiritual path that has nothing to do with religion or even God, but it's more of a, am I a better human being on planet earth because of this? Or am I worse? Ooh, ooh, ooh. I am way better because of all the growth and all this examination and all this awareness that I am brought on by a daily habit pursuit of this thing that I thought that I was doing it because I loved it. What I didn't realize is it was preserving me and giving me this amazing human experience. And You've had a lot of wonderful experiences, so let's jump in. Yeah. What happened yeah. nearing the end of of your time in Evanston where the sun was setting? You were on your way to a pretty big summit here and that realization that actors finally say, okay, we've been talking about this for a dozen years. Now it's time to do something about it. What happened? I mean, I was lucky in that I had the most amazing group of friends, first of all. Like we, almost all of them, theater majors, and we just became very, very close. And so like, you know, so I knew that I was gonna go where they're going. <laughs> a lot of, and we were going to New York. Um, also, I was very fortunate in that Northwestern had um, was part of a showcase program. Uh, nice. At the time, I believe it was called New Leagues, and now I think they just have their own showcase. I don't really know, especially after COVID. I have no fucking idea how <laughs> any of this shit works. But back then, I was uh, I auditioned for all of the faculty, and I was one of. Uh, a bunch of uh, several kids that they sent to New York and we did a showcase. I did, uh, I, I had two of the most amazing scene partners. I did a, a scene from uh, This Is Our Youth with the incomparable Diane Davis. She's a brilliant <laughs> actor who, you know, is, she, she was in, she was last in the Harry Potter playing Ginny, Ginny Potter uh-huh. on Broadway before COVID oh hit. My gosh. So anyway, she's just an absolute brilliant, brilliant actor. And uh, and then I my other scene was from Raising Captivity with Kristen Shaw. So it's like I was like I don't. <laughs> I, I love like, Raised in Captivity. It's a brilliant play. She's a brilliant person. Yes, and yes. also a, a brilliant performer. And, wow. Uh, so so I was re- I was very fortunate in that these were my friends and they were in so inspiring to me and they were also a big reason why I was like I can do this like I can <laughs> like I don't have to be you know the the Iowan who's constantly apologized <laughs> you know like that right like, right oh I'm sorry I'm not that good but... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for oh, saying I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being um, successful. Robin, let me yeah. ask you now. Now, some of us have have I ta- I call it we tag each other to to things, and it's those people that you met in college where you're like, ah, you're on my same 
wavelength. We want the same things. Let's connect. Let's work together. Let's follow each other. Let's be on this road together. Did you know that those two were going to go off? Did you have that feeling as you kind of jumped into this collective or did you all kind of simultaneously just converge to each other or, or did you see them and say, Ooh, I, I, I want to know them because I know Knowing them is a not to be a selfish in a selfish way, but sometimes we know people that we want to associate ourselves with. We know people that we want to join forces with. Did you know that they were headed for these wonderful, this wonderful future? I did. I absolutely yeah. do. I, I I knew it the second I met Diane, and so she was in my acting class too. I was like, right. I was like, she, that's a it's just undeniable star quality. Right. Kristen Shaw, exactly the same. We would always say, we were like, she's the first to book a job. We were like, she's going to do it. And she was, of course. Um, just brilliant. Also, my one of my very closest, best, dearest friends is Billy Eichner. And I re I remember sitting in a booth next to his at, this, at the student union. And he was talking with our friend Ellen. And I was just like, like, fucking laughing like listen like he's just so fucking hilarious and i was just sitting there and i remember being like I, I, that's my best friend i was like i'm gonna right. make, i'm gonna make this work um this is quite that happens class. a lot oh my god yeah it was a class that limo driver Holy was cow. like and you're like, welcome <laughs> it's amazing and that's the thing too is like none of us doubted that like you know like we i like yeah. I, their their the talent was just so there and like you know, so vi so vivid, vivid, you know, so real, it and it was just there. Yeah. The scariest thing is like, how are we going to get to a place where the career is working? Yes. That was scary and took many years and many like lost jobs and close calls and like, you know, whatever, you know, like help from parents and, you know, all that sure. kind of stuff. And, like, Community you know, but, is so important in theater school. And it sounds like you just had quite a community of incredible actors who were all there for each other totally totally and, and yeah and so when they were like we're moving to new york i was like oh, I'm moving to new york. Okay, right. yes we are sometimes we we need a push and and it could be a collective push where it's like okay i don't know what i'm doing but we cannot know what we're doing together and it just feels yeah. a little better knowing that you've got a little collection when you're Definitely. when you get there you know that you're not just going in there blind you know and that happens a lot so okay. those people listening if you're you're in the, that those college years there are people to your left and your right that you might know for the next 30 years and it's up to you to look at them and say do i vibe with them do i uh connect with them and is this person somebody that i want to work with you know be sure to remember those people and to keep them close because i will tell you something you will work with them again as the years go on so Absolutely. you got through yeah, you got through the showcase Absolutely. Okay. So, so you got through those show that showcase. You're you're in New York. Um, what's happening? Are are you getting bites? What's going on? So so I, I booked agents out of the showcase, which is okay. really exciting. Amazing. I signed with Abram at the time. They were Abrams artists commercially. Yes. Uh, I I was in the children's department. <laughs> it was very <laughs> weird. I mean, I looked. Did a you little, tell them you were an adult or? I, well, I played like I I was sort of being. I was playing like you know like. 17 to 20 you know i was like playing like like you know older teen roles yeah. you know so it was just one of those things i mean you know they say children's department but, you know, they're sending out for everything. believe me it's at 25 sort of i was easily playing 16 so i could have right? been in the children's I mean, yeah. department too <laughs> totally totally exactly so yeah so i was 
that was uh so i was with them and then i was with this other my first legit agent was um she uh, she i uh, or, no, so it was uh, this guy, this uh, wonderfully nice man named Francis Del Duca, who I don't know where he is now, but he worked for Fifi Oscar, who no one knows who this is, but but she was a legend talent uh, act, talent agent from like the '60s all the way through the '90s, 2000s. I mean, she would she was just a total like amazing piece for classic New Yorker, like classic been in the biz. And right. uh, so anyway, so I was signed with Fifi Oscar Agency, and uh, and Fifi. Yeah, and it I, just sounds like she's got a cigarette. Yeah, this is Fifi. He's great. Yeah, he, needs to, he doesn't even need to audition. Just put him on. I can't. You know, it's like. I haven't told these stories, so it's like so funny. It's like I wish I, you know, it's like I also wish that I like had absorbed more of those details when they were happening, you know. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, and so I booked my first commercial. That so I moved to New York in June, and in that that mm-hmm. fall, I bu- I booked my first commercial, and it was a must join union gig. So I was right away right into SAG, uh, SAG oh and Astra together at that point. So it was SAG Astra equity mm-hmm. um actors equity and so uh so yeah and then i was just like i was like okay i think we're gonna i think this is gonna work you know it's like still you know it's like i mean we're talking like hundreds and hundreds of commercial editions for all kinds of shit you know like that's like your job that's right. you just go every day to different appointments that's I mean, just again, your now, job is to say yes i'm available yes i'll go no i won't get it but i'm going and you do that like a hundred times and you're gonna get a couple yeah, exactly. Lucky. If you're really lucky. <laughs> the widest net you can possibly right. do, you know? And right. so, so yeah, and that was great. And then, um, I legit wise, I auditioned and was cast in, uh, this, uh, a play that was thrown by the, uh, that was put up by the Young Playwrights, uh, in, Young Playwrights Incorporated, which is a, which is a theater, theater company where kids from high schools all over the United States send in plays and then they stage and read workshop. They had like, you know, uh, camps that kids would come to New York to, you know, to work on their plays together. And back then they would do like a night of one acts. Um, and the times came and it was, it was at the cherry lane annex, the little, the small theater. Yeah. Yeah. The cherry yeah. lane theater. I used to, I used to work on first. stages there. Yeah. That's a beautiful yeah. little theater. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. And like, that was my first big play that I did in New York. And um, one of the, I believe she was a stage manager um, after that show had wrapped. And I got a great review in the Times, which was really exciting. Wait, pause real quick. How did you get yeah. that gig? Did you get it from a rep or did you do it yourself? I got it from a rep. I got it from Francis Del Duca, bless okay. his heart. Um, and I, yeah. And so, but then one of the stage managers, she cast me, she was doing a reading months later and she cast me in the reading where I was actually playing opposite uh, Jesse Eisenberg okay. uh, for this reading. And wow. at the time he was signed with Abrams legit. And so they were at that casting uh, or they were at, at that reading and I was introduced to them and, you know, it just seemed like a much better fit only because they were a little bit younger, these, these representatives mm-hmm. and um, just a little bit more connected, I think is sort of what I was responding to. Mm-hmm. And then Abrams became A3, and I have been with Abrams for I going on 20 years now. So I love hearing wow. how this happened, then that happened, then this happened. And it's, it's all stuff that you can do or not do. But, totally. oh, look, 
at the end of it, you got this and you went here and it's just fascinating. It's And it wouldn't have, none of it would have happened had you not done the first thing. And that is go to New York. And that was to do that workshop to whatever, yeah. to just hit the to, ground to, running. No, to, to, to put on, to, to, to apply early decision to Northwestern to write theater down, literally writing. Exactly. This is back in the day. So I, exactly. well, actually I typed, I typed it out. At my, at okay. My okay. Well, that's different. The pursuit um, of acting is so terrifying. And, you know, like when you're, when you don't have that safety blanket of school anymore, you know, there's that tension of like, I'm going to do this. I may or may not know how, but I'm certainly going to give it a try and, you know, take that big step. Now with all this momentum going on, where you like, all right, I'm in New York. Things are happening. Like this is, I'm, a professional actor. I'm going to be a professional actor. This is going yeah, the I way mean, I'm expecting. It it, 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 that first, so, you know, ever since I booked that first commercial, I was like, well, shit, like, you know, and again, I wasn't booking like every month or, you know what I mean? Like it was, you know, and then there were times where I didn't book for a year or plus. Right. <laughs> right. Years, couple months. Like, you know, it wasn't long, just droughts. going uphill the whole time right yeah but it was always the same argument in my head from that first commercial which was i'm already 95 percent beyond where most actors are in yeah. this world like i can't quit now <laughs> you know like i can't and again this is not to you know like god no not shame anybody who decides that maybe it's time to hang it up i'm just saying like i was like I was like, that was the motivation too, where it was like, it was like, all right, I got that first foot in the, the first like baby toenail yeah. in the fucking door. Like, you know, like, I wanted, like, like, like it's, it's too, too far gone now to give up, you know? And so, so right. that was also a big inspiration. And again, that has carried me even to this day. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, a, I'm like, I, you know, there's, we can't stop now. Like, <laughs> can't stop now. No. Be, yeah. Like, what am I doing? Like, like, and thank it. God, yeah. thank God, because, you know, who knows, there have been times where, and maybe you're at, you're at that point, whoever's listening, where you're like, oh, no, I want to die on stage. That's how much I love it. Or you might be like, you know what, I could, I could give it up now and probably be a little happier. Um, but you have the pressure, not really pressure, but the sort of glue sticking you that says, no, 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 we've been doing things. Maybe this is just a hard year. And it helps us to stay in the game just a little longer for the next wonderful thing to come. Because any practical person knows that, well, if you're not hitting it, then you should find something else. But what's different in this business is, no, 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 you got to swing and miss most times. And it's a vetting process to see, are you willing to handle the responsibility when it does hit? You know, yeah. you have to swing and we watch you how we watch how you strike and how you react. And when you hit, it depends. It determines how you're going to react and how responsible you are based on how many times that you've fallen, you know, and that's part of it. It's just, it's just really part of it. I'm so glad you stuck with it. I'm so glad that oh. things started strong for you, but that was a great way to kind of continue. I can't imagine what it's like if you're just swinging and missing for years and years and it's like, what do I do? But you just kind of have to keep going. I also met my husband at a commercial callback. So, you know, there you go. There you go. If I had given uh, up, I wouldn't. What was that first commercial, by the way, that you booked? Uh, it was for New York Lottery. It was for it was a New York Lottery spot. Thank God and, for those lottery uh, spots. We would all be in the poorhouse, yeah. huh? Tommy does Dude, those. I, I think I've done it, yeah. I've done at least two, maybe three. But um, yeah, over the years, I <laughs> and uh, yeah, I actually did. I did one years later. I did a New York Lottery spot, and uh, 
and it was like a bunch of people at like a music festival or some was the setup or whatever. And, and it was me that, and my scene partner, it was like people being interviewed documentary style or whatever. And I was standing with Michael Yuri was my, was my scene partner for that random commercial. Anyway. So. Wild. Again, I'm oh not, I haven't like thought about these things in so long. So like, <laughs> if I'm a little disjointed. I'm just like, I'm like, Oh yeah, I did that. I did a commercial with Michael Yuri, like way back in the day. <laughs> like, sounds oh like you gosh. were kind of there was a force behind you that was kind of caressing you and like, like guiding you forward with the right people coming across your path. And that happens. It happens a lot, and it's happened to Adam. It happened to me to be aware of that to know. Ooh, this isn't a Midas Golden Touch thing, but it is sort of like this is kind of weird. How ninety nine point nine percent of the people who kind of go after this, it, it doesn't work this quickly and this good. So you were acknowledging that as things were progressing, you said you had a couple of droughts here. And what was the hardest thing when you were starting in those like twenties and those years oh, man. to keep going? The hardest thing I think would just be um, feeling uh, productive and feel it like on those days when there isn't an audition, you know, sometimes there's months where there's not even an audition right. you know and it's just feeling like staying motivated um you know just yeah like 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 that that's the hard that's the hardest part that's feeling like things that. are moving it's hard to do that when there's not a thing to do what did you do did you find new things to do did you work side jobs i well i i i i um i was fortunate in a commercial department in that that mm. i would book one before i ever had to take a like an actual day job. So I was very lucky in that way. Um, nice. But I, but I would also like, um, I guess, yeah, I, what would I do? Well, yeah. I, so, so I, well, I mean, it's like my friends, that's when your friends come in because like I was, I was, Billy, I was my roommate and you know, it was during oh, wild. one of those droughts where for both him and for me, where he was like, let's, let's do a show together. And so we were like, all right. So he, we both sort of, created these sort of uh, uh, almost grotesque caricatures of us, of ourselves, uh -huh. um, but with terrible judgment. And, you know, <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was a sketch comedy show um, that took the form of like a talk show. And we were the host and he was the host and I was the co-host. And so Lovely. we, I always say like, you know, my, his name was Billy and my name was Robin. But we were playing characters who who were very uh, again grotesque uh, <laughs> versions of who we were at the time, um, and so I. Uh, but yeah, we like so it was just really naturally we did a reading and a thing, and then a, our dear friend, another dear friend from Northwestern, uh, Jamie Salka, came on, and he was like, "I'll direct it," and so we did it, and then we found ourselves the. Uh, in front of Jason Egan, who's the cre uh, creative director at Ars Nova, which is an amazing uh, theater here in New York City. And he brought us in uh, and we did our show there. And then it, it culminated in 2008, we took the show to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival for like a full, like 35 performances or something. Oh my so that gosh. was like, it was, that was like a thing. And that's, an, that's another great thing to tell anyone who's listening to this is like, again, foster, those relationships keep yes. it you know just just be present for all of those people go to every weird potentially terrible play 
that they're in, <laughs> but you know, but like, but keep right. that community alive. Keep and like, going. Keep, yeah. Keep it together because those are the people on those droughts that are going to, that are going to step in and be like, let's do a little fun thing together. Like yeah. just to be active, just to be creative, just to, you know, do community something. is so, so important because um, it's so easy in this business to feel like you're all alone. Totally. And that you don't, yeah. you know, so to keep those people and that tribe around you is really important. Idle hands too, you know, are like the devil's playground or the, the, the antithesis of professional advancement. You know, when you have nothing to do and then let's do a show. Oh, look, <laughs> fringe. Like, you know, it's, it's so many times have I like just waiting by the phone and waiting for it to ring. And then you just say, screw it. I'm starting this thing. And then boom, mm -hmm. guess what? You got a movie, you got a commercial and you got another thing going. Why? Because you were active. You weren't thinking about it. You abandoned self because you focused on something else. You were creatively um, fulfilled because you had something else going on to, to take place of the voice in your head at night that says, you're not doing anything. You're terrible. Stop. <laughs> and, and here's the thing is that I also <laughs> truly believe that uh, the best casting directors out there can sense that like they sense when you're being creative and popping and you feel like you have purpose and that you feel like even if the scene is some you know unemployed you know mm. like alcoholic or something terrible you know what i mean like just the fact that you in your own personal life are doing things that you find fulfilling and then like i think i believe that that comes across psychically subconsciously pheromonally chemically right. you know and and because there I, i'll tell you there have been so many times when i've like when, when i've booked something that other things like right around it start like i'll be super like busy in like chunks and like you know like i'll have great like all my auditions will be better and i'll you know and i and it's again it's like it could be the exact i mean i'm it's not like i i'm a bad actor when i'm not employed it's just there's just something about your energy that i think people pick up on there's a yeah. shift so again, yeah and people can casting directors are so good at seeing desperation and seeing obviously you're bored like those feelings of oh he's got something she has something going on and she doesn't need this in order yeah. to be happy you know her happiness is found independent of this audition and too many 99 percent of actors will go and saying in order for me to have a good day i have to do really well at this audition so well that they pick me out of the 299 other people right and they can Bullshit. smell fear they right. smell fear and there's nothing less attractive to a casting director than fear because yeah. they're asking you to put yourself out there no matter what the director asks no matter you know, I'm obviously <laughs> excuse me within within limits uh right. you know uh but you know they're asking you to like really put yourself out there they don't want to see someone who's like mm -hmm. <laughs> like i'm sorry like, <laughs> you know, oh yeah they'll like, be great at a uh, on on set for two weeks yeah, with 50 right. million dollars at stake right exactly <laughs> exactly so anyway, yeah actors listen up if you're having trouble finding a talent agent, or maybe the rep you have is just not cutting it, you need to check out Agent Genie. You'll get access to over 1,200 triple verified talent agents with active rosters in all major markets who are ready to sign you. Agent Genie is for every actor, regardless of credits or where you live. So all you have to do is download the mailer, write your five-sentence email, sit back, and let the Genie take care of the rest. 
In only 15 minutes, top agents will be looking at your materials, guaranteed. With their one-click mailer system, the Agent Genie submits to all agents in your desired market instantly with personally addressed introductions and a built-in tracking report so you know who opened, who clicked, and who is interested in you. Take your acting career to the next level today with Agent Genie. Use the promo code WISH10 for $10 off your purchase. Visit BookItNYC.com to get started today and see why Book It is the number one resource for all working actors. And um, so as things started kind of picking up for you, uh, you went over some of those hurdles and speed bumps and impediments, and I'm sure things started to become a little bit easier with uh, the onset of bigger uh, projects that that you worked for or that fell into your lap or that came across your path. Um, what was the beginning of the upward swing of that pendulum in terms of your professional career taking off? I uh, I guess it was probably when I booked Accepted. Like it, like it was like my first big film and it was like an, uh, you know, a legitimate, like intense uh, casting process. And like, right. you know, like, so, you know, it was the first time that I'd read for a director of a major picture with the budget in the studio. And, um, but you know, it's, I mean, it was directed by the amazing Steve Pink, who mm-hmm. he's a, I believe he's a Chicago guy, but he has a, you know, he, he has a basis in um, like uh, in comedy, in improv, in loose letting it fly, you know? And so like, I love that audition process so much. And I think it really excelled with me in that it, it he just wanted, he, he, he was disarming from the moment I walked in. So all of, again, all of that fear that, I mean, and totally, I mean, I'm, the most afraid person also at like every audition. So like, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm better at this than anyone else, but like, but because he was just so like, you know, he was just so warm and like not pretentious and, and really wanted me to do the best I could possibly do. Like he wanted everyone to do the best they could possibly do. And so like, that was just, a, that was, and I, and I think, yeah, that's what allowed me to the, the, the freedom to create this, to, to bring this character to life um and to and 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 to just let it fly you know like and did you know that justin long blake lively jonah hill that all these people would be in this movie or was it were you just kind of flying blind knowing that it was a big picture but you didn't know who was involved well i i I knew that they were going to be in it but this was early in all of their careers like you know right this is oh four oh five i knew who justin long was this was like jonah's first big film too right Jonah had just a thing that he did right before this was he has that hilarious scene in a uh, 40 year old version. He's like, right. The shoes, like, crazy black the eBay shoes. Yeah. 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 Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, but still like, I, you know, I, I, I didn't really know who he was and, and Blake, like, I, I guess I knew her name, but you know, they, but then I, I will say like that, pro, that, making that movie was so fun and and everyone was just get, given the freedom to be as funny as they wanted to to riff to like you know create moments that weren't in the script like they were they wanted us to do that and you know it's a bunch of 20 something shooting a movie in the valley at this abandoned mental hospital I mean, it was like it was awesome and like you know and 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 the vibe on set it was one of those movies where it's like 
I was like, I was like, this is good. I was like, I, I just know that this is good. Of course it came out, did terribly. They buried it in, you know, the death of summer. Uh, however many, 2005. So what are we, 16 years later? Is that right? Mm. Um, that's, we shot it in 2005. It came out in 2006. And it is just like this phenomenon of occult hits. Like, it's crazy. Like I have people to this day come up to me and be like, you're the ADD guy from Accepted. And I'm like, yes. And they're like, I grew up on that movie. And I'm like, right. it's, it's awesome. It's just awesome. It was that movie that we all watched a hundred times you know like for yeah. me it was probably like 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 at some 80s movie like i had seen like pretty and pink like a billion times because it was what was on it was just on all the time so it was the yeah. same with accepted it was just for there it was pg-13 and so like i think it was like aired on tbs like literally every other day for like five some, years some so. films have that like kind of second life later not from like the initial release i think a lot of people don't realize like when fight club came out bombed Right. Like, and then it That's had this right, whole yeah. life on DVD because DVDs were coming out and it was like when the matrix mm-hmm. was like the, the premier DVD and everyone was getting into that and everyone discovered it on DVD. And now it's, you know, one of the most right. famous movies ever, but same with this, you know, maybe it was, it didn't work in the theaters, but that one channel that was playing it on repeat, all those people saw it and talked about it. And now it's, you know, it's a cult film. And now it's a cool. And now, like, look at all the look at that cast. Holy shit! Yeah, right. Fucking right, right. Blake, Maria Fair, Jeremy Howard. There's just amazing group of actors, like real actors, who just are are to see them all like sort of succeeding. You know, now that we're all older, it's just awesome. And and coming out of that movie, on your way to the next thing, what what was the thing that really changed for you or was there anything transformative that you kind of took and you always had going going forward I, well you know a sense of legitimacy a sense of confidence a sense of like all right okay you know it's like i feel like i'm and i'm sure like anyone watching this or listening to this can sort of identify this if they're an actor or even just an artist it's just like you know every every challenge is like a vote of confidence for me you know it's like mm. it was like like i like I like acting, but I don't know if I can do it at the Northwestern level. And then I could, and I was like, all right, I like acting, but I don't know if I'm going to book anything in New York. Okay. I booked one thing. All right. You know, it's like, it was like all of these like checkpoints, like where I was just like, okay. It keeps you so going. It does. It, it, absolutely. Like, it, well, it your fear was being proven wrong. And that's the greatest thing is you went into college thinking, well, I, I got to write this thing down, but I don't know if I can do it, but fuck it. I'm just going to write this down. And that is basically what you're going to do for the next 50 years is, well, fuck it. We'll just figure it out. And then it it works out, right? Yeah. Amidst your fears, which you go back to having you as a your character and who you are and your your confidence and all that stuff. It's from these experiences that proved you wrong as a human being. You're you're f- afraid that you're not going to be good enough. No matter who you are, what field you're in, doctor, lawyer, whatever, you're always going to have that. What do you call it, Adam? We call it, we um, call it a poser syndrome. Oh, imposter syndrome. syndrome. Imposter, oh, imposter syndrome. syndrome. Yeah, yeah. Right. Where you just you know, and and there are so many people who have even reached a high level in their career in acting and still have that feeling. So and it's still. almost like the point is just to acknowledge it, throw it to the side, and say, "Fuck you, I'm doing it anyway." I still feel that way. I still right. feel like if I book anything, like 
it could be the smallest thing or it, you know, like, I still feel like, yeah, like, it's just like, it, it's like, I feel like I, I won. Like, I feel yeah. like it's yeah. the best feeling in the world. It, we just had an interview yeah. where we said it doesn't matter how big or how small the role is or what, you know, if it's going to be a TV or movie or whatever it is, there is nothing like that feeling of getting the, your cast. And totally. Like, I think I enjoy that more than the actual acting. <laughs> but like, but like, I'm serious. Like sometimes I wonder, am I, I'm like, am I, I'm like, am I just going to stay doing, being an actor just because I'm really addicted to that feeling of booking? Yeah. <laughs> like, but it goes back to the like, legitimacy you were just talking about. It's that hit of like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm doing what I know I'm supposed to be doing. Other people are rooting for me. They're casting me in something they're going to put me on this sort of platform or whatever I'm doing. Okay. You know, and it's that, yeah, but it it helps you keep going. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. It's like, yeah, it's the fuel. Yeah. So what happened after that, after wrapping that film, um, maybe even during the release where, like we mentioned, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a big, big release at, at the time. What happened with you in the next uh, kind of couple of years with your career? I, yeah, like I, I, um, I was doing the show with Billy, uh, and that was like going really, really well. Uh, was Billy so doing that, anything with like Comedy Central and stuff like that yet? Uh, no, no, he, uh, he, okay. he was still, he was doing the, he was working on the show that we were doing. I mean, yeah, he was, yeah. Um, he did other things here and there, but like, he, you know, but he was the main, he was the writer of that show. So it was right. much more involved for him. It was really, you know, like he was, it was his baby know, creating. The, yeah, totally. Like I was there to, uh, you know, I was a co I was there to support him and to show a little opposite energy of his, um, but it was his, it was his, it, yeah, it was his genius that, that but he that, wasn't that known. He wasn't known like, Oh, he's the guy from comedy. So he hadn't booked that yet. No, no, that had not, not yet. Okay. Yet, no. Okay. It, uh, that all came out of his show that we did. Funny. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I, uh, so yeah, so we were doing that. And then, um, a really important thing that happened at a time out of accepted was just that I really became close with my representation. My, my agent, I connect, I, connected with and she was a junior agent at the time and her name is samantha store and she's brilliant and I've oh i know samantha lovely ah, lovely yeah yeah the best wonderful and, person and she um great woman she's a really incredible person and a real support so she's she's supportive of what she understands what we're doing like she's not it's not about yeah. money for her mm-hmm. it's about it's about the creativity and and also just su- supporting actors and helping us you know um, she's amazing. And so, yeah, I connected with her and I've been with her ever since never leaving. She's <laughs> like, um, yeah, I just, yeah. That loyalty and that connection is really, really important when you've got a rep who's at the helm of your career and then personally to connect with them like that is very, very important for a working. Totally. Like we understand each other so intrinsically that like, mm. I couldn't even imagine having to like reintroduce myself to someone else or who would even get yeah. at it. Like after all right. that we've been through and the successes that we've had together, like I, I couldn't imagine it Sam. So that was a great thing that came out of that. And then that sort of fed into like, she would bring me up at meetings at the agency and make sure that I didn't get lost. You know, like I was still kind of waffling between the children's department and the, or the youth department and the adult department. You can kind of get lost in the weeds there because sometimes agents don't really talk to each other. And, you know, like mm-hmm. sometimes they right. don't, you know, even though it's the same agency, you know, it's still up to the agent themselves if they want to work with you. 
Um, but she like stuck by me and like brought my name up. And then I started, I booked on, I booked my first law and order, which is amazing. Big time. Uh, and big time. A rite of passage in New York. I mean, right. and that, especially that was before like the tax breaks really started happening. So it was like, it was law and order and the soaps and yeah. the occasional movie. And that was the film and TV you know, scene here in the city back then. And so it was like to finally get the law and order. I was like, yeah. And then um, I had the distinction of being in three separate original law and order episodes <laughs> throughout the years, um, like three entirely different people. There's got to uh, be a and, word for that. Like one of those EGOTs or like a, some sort of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. I mean, because like it's still on and like I'll get calls from my uncle who loves Law and Order. He, it's like his, he just puts it on, you know, it's like, and I'm yeah. like, as long as it's not Fox News, go like right. put, put it on. Right. And so he'll call, he'll like call my mom and be like, Robin's on Law and Order. And I'm like, do I have tattoos or not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do I have tattoos or not? Ask if I have tattoos. Am I in a garage? Like, right. Know, like, yeah. So, um, so yeah, and and that all started to happen, and I, I, yeah, I don't know. And then, you know, I started like just doing the pilot season stuff, and like again, casting the widest net you could cast. And uh, yeah, but you, as you guys know, it's like, and even to this day, it's like there's this myth of like career trajectory or momentum that we have and even now like you know it's like i i and i think maybe this is part of why like every time i book something i feel it's just such a huge rush is because like it's really hard to i really don't believe that unless you are in a very elite group of actors like you're one one job doesn't really lead into the next job. It's not like someone, even like w when I when I did Gotham, you know, I still coming out of that feel like I'm reintroducing myself every audition. Every you know, it's like like that. Just because I was on a show, you know, doesn't mean that people are going to be like, oh, we got to get that that Gotham guy. You know what I mean? Right. Like it it doesn't work that way at all. So you know, again, like it's just you know after after booking things and all of that like i never let any sort of complacency set in like i still feel like like i still feel like i i i really tr truly feel it because i'm more of a character actor that i'm going to get jobs based on the audition i'm not going to necessarily get them as offers it's very i feel like that's rare for me i mean who knows what will happen but like so i so it's like the and I also like I I learned to love auditioning. I I love auditioning. Like that's and that was interesting. When I started, There's when not I really a lot started, of people will say that. So uh, why I can I ask? Well, How sure. it, it was, and this was like when I started booking more stuff. And this is part of you know like I learned I doing doing all of that. I was like I learned to to embrace the audition and to, and to treat it as though like this is I okay well. I have 10 minutes playing this, the penguin right now. You know what I mean? Like this may be the only time I get to play this character. I didn't know it was the penguin at the time, but yeah, I'm just using that as an example. I was like, sure. So I'm just going to fucking let it fly. Like this is my 10 minutes on Carnegie hall stage. Mm, you know, yeah. like, this is, this is like my performance and I'm going to give, and I'm, and I'm going to put that energy. Like I want to, I'm going to get the best review from that. And I also realized too, like the longer I was in the business, the more, 
employer auditioning that I did is that you don't get jobs necessarily because you're, or you don't lose jobs because you're not talented. That's, you know, like the fact that you're even in the room means that you're talented. It means that someone, yeah. yeah, they that consensus is, you know, Adam, Tommy, they have talent. You know what I mean? Like they're in the room. I, uh, but you know, I learned that like so many other things factor into that. It's like I'm blind. I'm too short. You know, like. I don't know, whatever. My eyes are blue. I don't, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Right. Like it, like it, it comes down to so many weird factors or there's there, like seven producers like me and one didn't. And, and he pulled his veto, you know, like, I don't know if any of these things actually happen, but they do. And that's why right. when we don't get jobs again, I learned, Oh, it's not because I suck. You know, it's not because I'm bad. It just means that it didn't work out. And so once I realized that, I was able to look to to really treat the audition as like something fun and be like, you know, like I'm like this is my yeah, this is my show. This is the you have to be aware that there are factors utterly out of your control that you will never be able to dictate to the people who are making the decisions. And you know, we go through so many droughts that you know there's going to be times where. Sure. Maybe you're not even booking stuff. Maybe you're not even auditioning. So you're not even acting. So when you do get an audition, it's the, I get to act today, whether I'm going to get it or not, it's still an exercise in acting and it's still practice. And it's, you know, all of those that it's still memorizing. It's still making choices, all of those things. So even though it's an audition, you still get to go act that day. Also, the other thing too, is that you're auditioning for the casting director. You're not auditioning for the job. Like again, like there it is. That is what it is. I like I. I've gotten. I was. I was like um, called in for Gotham because I made a good impression on the casting directors on a totally different job. You know, like on a totally different audition. That was a big deal. I got. I was down to me and one other person. It went to the other person. It was absolutely devastating, and yet. They, it they came back like, around. Well, he it came fully back around. And so like, yeah, I always try and tell people, yeah, it's like, like, let go of the job. Like, let try, just try and let go of the job and just try and deliver a, a, a connected, beautiful performance and do it for these people. Like, just like, just really, because again, you, the chances of you getting the job are very small, no matter, you know, no matter what. So, um, Again, what I a gift. Like, what yeah. a gift to have that perspective. I mean, that saved your butt so many times about my job is to come here. And when I leave, have them say he was good. Don't know if that's going to be if he's got it, but he was good. Then if I'm so good and so perfect for this thing that I actually book it, that's the freaking icing on the cake. Totally. But you know what? I'm there just for the cake. And the yeah. cake is for me to do a good job for you so that you don't lose this precious time that you've got as a casting director with 150 other people coming in and to respect your time and to respect my efforts and respect the craft to do everything that I'm supposed to do today. But it's not about the booking so that when I leave, I throw those thing, those sides into the trash and I say on to the next one. And then I get a call that says, you booked, booked what? I don't know. I didn't even remember it. I forgot <laughs> totally, about it, totally. which is, that's the goal. Yeah, <laughs> you, should, you know, you should have you to like, rack your brain about what it is you booked because you forgot it. So good. Totally, yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> so that's wonderful. Okay. Um, and as, as things were progressing for you, 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 you found the 
you crack the audition code, and that is the perspective of just having fun. It's It probably got a little easier for you. No matter the frequency of bookings, things got a little just easier for you because you were so desperate about booking something. Um, how did things go then? Coming kind of coming up to to where we are now, how did things progress with you in terms of how you handled the industry and how you handled um, fame and money and all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess um, I just still want to work, and like I I don't really, I really try not to think about the fame or playing any sort of hollywood game or Good. it just doesn't interest me um i just want to yeah i don't know and i i said this we did adam wrote and directed a beautiful piece called skeletons that the three of us uh were so fortunate to be a part of and uh we did so we did an interview about that and you know i just like i said like i just want to work like i haven't like it doesn't matter if it's the smallest thing, like if it's a beautiful pro project and it, I feel like I can, you know, bring something to it and, 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 you know, make, make people have an experience then, then I'm there, you know, it's like not really the greatest thing about, you know, like, like becoming more successful in this business for me is just like the, I feel like I'm, I'm allowed to be more creative and take, bigger risks and i don't have to and again it's just all about like letting go of that fear like every everything like every like i kept talking about the check mark and i keep talking about fear but it's like every time i do one of those things um i'm just like it's it gets less and less you know like and so then the work gets better and better and the job and the auditions get better and better um it seems like it's uh, the shelf life of an actor is like the jar of something. And what's preserving this jar? Is it going to spoil or is it going to be taken care of? You know, what is it in those jars in the basement that like preserve the whatever it is? And that is the perspective you have, the idea that you just want to work, the <laughs> the belief of of saying fuck fame and all that stuff that doesn't matter. Um, you know, you preserved your 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 longevity by having that perspective. And um, there are a lot of people who have been in the business even shorter than you who do not have the same zest and freshing spirit because I think this business will take a lot out of you if you allow it, if you don't have those those landmark things that you stand for that won't let you have your human experience be taken away. You know, that's independent. Your happiness is independent of this, of this job. And I think you crack the code with that. And that's why you work. And that's why you get such a fulfilling um, feeling from a really huge show on Netflix or a $150 short film, you totally. know, like whatever it is, you found say, a way you, to feel fulfilled. And you make such a, you make a great point that I, that I, I want to jump on in that, um, I learned after, so for a long time, I kept thinking like, if I get this, then I'll be happy. <laughs> you know, like if I book that, then I'll be happy. If I, yeah. if I, and then it, then it would delineate down the job. If I get a guest spot on one order, then everything's going to be fine. <laughs> if I get, you know, and then it's like, oh, you know, and so then finally it was like, all I want to, I want to be a series regular on a big network show. And then once I get that, then smooth sailing all the way. And like, that yeah. was sort of like the final 
of them. Goodbye tip. troubles. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> and that was like the hardest thing about Gotham when it first started is that I had that expectation intrinsically and I learned pretty much immediately that nope, that is like absolutely not going to do it. It's like, the opposite. It's about, exactly. In fact, like, you know, in some ways I was using these ideas of like, I was using these accomplishments almost as a way of not doing the internal work and not like doing the self-reflection and the, all of the, the work that, that we should be, we should all be doing to be better human beings and to be, uh, I don't, I don't want to say happy as to, but to be fulfilled and to be, to be uh, uh, content with ourselves as human beings in the world. Um, I was using those as distractions, you know? And so it's mm. like one of the biggest blessings of Gotham was that it did show me like very starkly, like, no, like these things go so deep, you know, it's not going to be solved by a really awesome job. It's not that, no. And, and so actually coming out of Gotham, like having learned that lesson, finally taking steps to do the work internally and to like untie, you know, negative thought patterns and all of those, you know, negative things that I say to myself or feel about myself. And like, you know, a lot of this comes with age too, just naturally. But like, you know, it, like I feel like coming out of Gotham, I've now had that revolution. I'm now doing the work. And now I feel like my auditions are even better. And like, I feel like my, like, I feel like uh, legitimized and just excited to, to share the human experience with everybody, no matter what the character is. So, so that's, that's where I am now. And like, and I really, I, if I could say to anything to anyone is like, I like, try not to wait as long as I did to do that work. Like, like really mm. like, um, like work to dismantle the negative things that we say to ourselves, the negative ideas we have, you know, we're actors. We put ourselves out there. We put ourselves out there to the point where people we're allowing people to have opinions on us, whether they're founded in truth or not, they're going to have them no matter what. Um, but like, yeah. So, so just um, taking care of yourself and like, and, and, and really doing that, doing that work. I don't know. It's like, start now, go, go, go to therapy. <laughs> hey, right. listening. Go to there. <laughs> sort of drives home the um the idea that you know you find something that somehow improves you and all the messy stuff that's inside that somehow some way whatever medium you're choosing whatever pursuit you want to try make it something that unravels all those knots and helps you and that you come to a point 30s 40s 50s where you're just more excited and a leaner version of a human being than you were last year and just how beautifully spiritual this pursuit can be if it's done right mm -hmm. and it sounds like you know we could do we could do a lot of things wrong but it sounds like you did a lot of things right it's the people in my life that 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 allowed that to happen like i again i'm just going to tie it back to what my acting teacher taught us you know which was like find out who you are. And it's, I, I don't know if, and I'm sure anyone who's out there who has done acting class and all of that, I'm sure you guys feel this way too. Like, like I was so young when I went through that class. So like, she was saying shit to us that no idea. 20, right. I have no frame of reference about what you're talking about. Like, you know, like I have a vague idea, you know, like I'm not like, I, I'm like, I, 
I understand what you're saying, but do I don't feel it. I don't truly understand it in my, my bones, what you're saying. And it's so great too, because like the older we get, the more we put ourselves out there in this business, the more we stick to it, the more like those lessons come back. And they, it's like, oh, that's what, like, this is what that feels like. Like, this is, like, I feel like it's just becoming crystallizing, becoming more fully realized, you know? Yeah. Well, that's because it's a, it's a lifetime thing. You know, this isn't mm-hmm. something you just do in your twenties. It's like, I learned, I heard all that stuff in my twenties, but it didn't ring true because as a young person, I'm just getting the top cream of whatever I'm being served. Totally. When you get older, you start to delve deeper and you start to get all the beautiful preserving ingredients. If you want to go back to that metaphor, you know, mm-hmm. because you're just getting older, which means you can dive deeper and you get a, a deeper understanding. So when we say, you know, you we're trying this acting thing out, it's like, no, no, no. When I started, I was like, oh, this will be 20 years before even things start to get good. I, I have totally to know true. that. It's you know? totally true. I feel like- <laughs> And be there I, on the long line. That's why I keep, that I'm still doing this because I feel like I'm just getting started. Like, ah, just get, Amen. I, like I'm still getting better. I'm just getting better every day. Every day I'm better than I was yesterday, you know? And so it's like that, again, it's like makes me want to go out there. It makes me want to keep auditioning, you know? Like, like I've auditioned, I'm still auditioning for everything. Because I like, again, like I'm not waiting for someone to just sort of hand me or see me. Like I still like, I'm like thirsty to to prove myself. I still have things to say and things to prove, you know? So I don't know. That's the fire. And I hope that anyone who's in this business, like really, like, kindles that and like you know holds on to that because that's again that's another part that's going to carry you through robin lord taylor he's just getting Thank started you. Baby. oh you guys <laughs> i missed Love you it. missed you too we're so glad you could come on the show thank you so much for giving us your wisdom and experience tons of good Thank stuff there. you guys yeah it's amazing um i just well i mean can i plug a couple things Absolutely. Yes, please. please. Plug away. So I, I had the incredible fortune to not just work on one project, but to work on two projects during COVID. And one of those projects was the amazing short film called Skeletons, starring Tommy Beardmore, written and directed by Adam DiCarlo. And uh, Adam, tell us where that is and when that, what, what's on board for that. Uh, we are currently waiting to start hearing back from film festivals. So we finished it in January. And then, you know, there's like huge windows of time where, you know, they have all these deadlines and you have to wait for months and months and months on end. So um, I believe that window is uh, coming to a close very shortly. So we should start then hearing about stuff throughout, I think, like the whole summer and the whole fall. So knock on wood um but still tbd so we should well, find out blowing, soon. blowing it up like crazy on the social media um, and, and the other thing I and, just, and what else yeah and what else you got going on i want to say i i i got to i i was in i i have a, a small recurring part on this incredible new show called kevin can fuck himself on amc <laughs> Starring the brilliant Annie Murphy from Schitt's Creek and also Mary nice. Hollis Inboden, who's just an amazing actress. And um, yeah, so that comes out on June 20th on AMC and then uh, the AMC Plus is their streaming service. So um, it's a really brilliant show. It's like, and it's brilliant for actors too, because it's actually a hybrid. Part of the show is multicam sitcom. The other part is single cam realism 
And a lot of the stuff that I'm in is the, is the single cam stuff, but it was my first multicam experience ever being on a multicam set. Oh, fun. With, um, yeah. With the laughing and the shit, you know, and like totally it, different. I'm sure. It was <laughs> so crazy because like we would shoot like one day, one day I would be in a multicam sitcom and the next day we're shooting like breaking back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it, like it, it is such a brilliant show. It's, it's just, it's a commentary on our culture and also, uh, you know, female empowerment and uh, Annie Murphy is an absolute genius and just an absolute delight of a, of a co-star. And like, she couldn't have been more supportive. And again, like if you find yourself on set, like I, that, like I've learned so much from, from her, just that that's what I want to be, you know, like on a show. Like I want people who are coming on to day play to be like, feel like they're part of the family, you know? So um, she definitely did that. So anyway, that's June amazing. 20th, so excited AMC, to see it. Kevin can fuck himself. Check it out. June twentieth. Got it. Yeah. Love it. Robin. Okay, thank you Robin. So thank you so much. Mwah. Love you guys. Have an amazing day. Mwah. Take you care. Too. Love you too. Love you Thanks. Bye. Ah, uh, always a joy. Well, the best. Uh, Love that he man. Really is. Love him. Yes. Yeah, we Such a we have really um ever chatted about this on the podcast, but Robin and I know each other because I was his stand-in for all five years of Gotham, which was just, I I don't think I knew it at the time when I got that job, you know, when they were like, Hey, you're going to be doing this. You you don't know how long a TV show is ever going to last. You don't know. Is somebody going to be written? You just have no idea. And it just, or that you'll have a master's in acting by the end of it. Cause pretty much that's what happened. (laughs) Yeah. And it was just, it was the most incredible learning experience from so many different perspectives, but especially for him to be the guy that I stood in for, you know, he is just constantly so kind, so generous, so giving he delivers on every fucking take. He comes in so goddamn prepared. I think in five years, maybe on one hand, I could count the amount of times he ever said line. You know, like what he does, he brings it at the rehearsal as much as he does when we're rolling. And um, I just felt so lucky that he was the guy I got to work with so much on that show. And then, He's you know, just teaching you about you know, being prepared on a set like that and having all the cameras and, you know, the setup of what a real big TV show is like when you're there with the DP and the director and the entire camera department. And like, you're really in the core of the whole machine. And it was just such a, a wonderful, wonderful learning experience. But, you know, he and I became very good friends over the five years. I'm just so grateful that I had that uh, experience and got that relationship and he's just amazing. He's a great example. I mean, for someone that's been in however many years he's been in, the goal is for me at that timetable, at that age or at that, whatever the year is to be as approachable, kind, full of zest, full of zeal, um, just good natured and true and authentic and real and all that good stuff. Like he is just a great example of what it means to be in this industry for a long time and to preserve yourself, your true authentic self and yeah. not get too cynical or too, you know, um, acting along him, you know, in uh, skeletons was one of the, one of the great uh, memories 
in my career, I'll always have because it was just so effortless. And he and I were just on the same, like in the same zone, unneeded to talk much about anything. Unneeded, we didn't need to to hash anything. It just, it was so easy with him. It was just so easy. And um, yeah, he's just such a pleasure to talk to. And and I feel like invigorated whenever I speak to him about anything, not even to do with acting, just like life. He's just such a good yeah. person. He's a fountain of wisdom and love that man. Love that man. Ah, what a good episode. <sighs> yeah. Um, I'm really, really glad that he could, uh, he could come on. All right, Adam, should we sign off or what? Let's do it. Take us out of here. All right, fine. You can find out more about Book It and Before the Break at bookitnyc.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Before the Break Podcast. We've got a brand new uh, Instagram handle led by our wonderful Adam DiCarlo here. Um, so check that out. Give us a follow. Uh, you can also check us out at bookit underscore NYC on Instagram, and that's Bookit's page. Check out Adam's stuff at adamdecarlo.com and follow him at that Adam DiCarlo. You can check out my stuff at tommybeardmore.com and follow me on Instagram at tommybeyond. Are you, do you practice this like just to get it quicker and quicker and quicker in the shower, in the car, in bed. Natasha's like, would you shut the fuck up? Could you shut up about the handles? Christ. <laughs> all anyway. right. Love you, buddy. I will. Uh, we'll, we'll see you all next time. Thank you for joining me too, buddy. And I love break. you all. Thank you for listening. Bye everybody. Bye. You've been listening to Before the Break. The hosts are Tommy Beardmore and Adam DiCarlo. Cover art by Amanda June Boucher. Music by Benjamin Sterley. Before the Break is recorded live from Los Angeles and New York City.